What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hola, hola, my name is Ricardo. I am the host of the Lucha Jovers podcast here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. We are a Spanish-speaking show dedicated to discussing and analyzing pro wrestling from all across the world. From AW to CMLL, we talk about American wrestling, Japanese wrestling, and of course, Lucha Libre. If something big happened in the pro wrestling world, we will talk about it. So if you know Spanish or have a friend that knows Spanish or want to practice your Lucha Libre pronunciations, Go listen to the Lucha Jovers podcast right here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Nos vemos por ahí. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Kids, do you like professional wrestling? Well, we like professional wrestling too. This yes, is- we <laughs> do. We'll see if Chris watched any professional wrestling this week. No, hey, no, that's <laughs> that, that's eminently not fair. I, I I watched NXT not once but twice because I watched it the first time. Oh, Couldn't God. remember if I watched it. Oh no, I rewatched it, and so oh. like I watched it two times. So like, don't don't come at me with that. Your boy Novi doesn't oh. watch wrestling. Sometimes he goes deep. Uh, like it's it's nougat core of all the shows. Of all the shows you could have watched twice, it's the worst one of the week because everything else was almost really good. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I I didn't fully remember watching it the first time, but I had these faint phantom pains of not <laughs> liking it. And then I watched it a second time. And, and here's the thing. I didn't like it still. I didn't like it the second time. I didn't like it the second time. It, nothing changed. <laughs> it, 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 sometimes you, kids, if you're listening, Sometimes you just have to trust your intuition, right? <laughs> Take it from your boy, Nopi. Now, Hawkins, you didn't ask earlier, but I'm going to tell you about my day at work. Oh, no. Yeah, no, no, I am. I am. I am. Okay, Hold how steady. All right. So, people, I work at, let's call it a tourist destination uh, for the, the <laughs> sake of, I don't know. What, what's the word I'm looking for here, Hawkins? Uh, brevity? No. That wasn't it. Better luck next time. So anyways, Hawkins. <laughs> I might just go no. on to the show. I don't need this crap. No, no. You you do need this crap. I oh, actually, God. no, you, you're like, oh, you don't contribute to the show. I contribute to the show. <laughs> I do. Uh, on a regular basis. Then just tell I, your damn story. I'm telling you <laughs> story. You, you, you step on me and it, it's okay. It's okay. It really is. Okay. So, okay. Uh, so no, here's the deal. I'm I'm working at this tourist destination right now. I do a combination of, um, let, let's call it the the attraction, and also I occasionally work at the tickets. Today I was working 
doing the tickets. I'm at the ticket stand. This guy comes up and um, I ask him if he has his tickets for this destination. And he's like, no, I, I, I have no tickets. I'm like, oh, well, are you interested in getting some tickets to, you know, see the, the destination? And he looks at me and he goes, no. And then he does something that I had never realized is extremely creepy. But if, if you want to try this at home, this is, this is something you can do to really upset people at, at your favorite restaurant or, or, or AutoZone, whatever. Um, you go in and what you do is you start just handling every single document that is on the countertop. And that is what this gentleman does. It's a novel approach. And let me tell you, uh, without any verbal communication, weirdly threatening, very threatening. And he's handling the maps and he's handling like all the various paperwork, even stuff that's for, supposed to be, for, be behind my desk. And I stop and I go, uh, because now my colleague, uh, she has left because she is alarmed. And I go, well, what brought you up to blankety blank here today? And he goes, my Corolla. And he looks at my pad. <laughs> you know, you asked a dumb question. <laughs> no, Hawkins, it's not actually a dumb question when you show up and you're not interested in buying tickets <laughs> and you have no earthly effing reason for being up at this. Because if you're not going to go on the destination yeah there's, there's no point yes there's basically no point. i will explain this chris chris is, is a part of a uh, it's not a trolley per se it's a uh like a like almost like a gondola type thing yes is that what it is yes a gondola yeah, that goes there's many of them across the country i think we can be oblique about this yeah it's it, it's what is known as a tram tram okay thank yeah. you um yeah. Yes. Uh, technically, he didn't lie, though. <laughs> no, but then he looks down at my name tag like a complete prick would and goes, thanks, Chris, with this like dead fish <laughs> voice. And I'm now looking at this guy who has done a number of questionable things. And I'm like, and my colleague is back in the uh in the office and i'm telling her to stay there and she's not trying to question me on this one she's equally as freaked out and the man proceeds to walk around the gift shop for an hour um talking who uh the owner of the gift shop is is uh the proprietor is a very nice person who was not fully aware of what this man was doing um, he was there for about an hour. He bought two postcards, which you could buy anywhere in this city. And comes up to guest services and goes, thanks for all your help. And then as he's getting ready to walk down the stairs, he makes, and we have this on camera, he makes the point at the eyes and then point at me gesture as he walked no I, I i kid you not we have this on video like he's perfectly squared up when he's doing this because like i told people initially and they're like 
nah. I'm like, no, go and get the effing tapes. Go and get them. Run and get them. And they got them and like, oh my God. He yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, no, he made the I'm watching you gesture at me. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah. so you made a friend at work today. Yeah, no, <laughs> here's what's great about working with the public, Jeff. <laughs> you don't even tell me. The problem with working with the public is the public. You'll notice that I never actually finished that sentence. You no. just talked over it because yes. there is no end to that sentence. No, no, I know this. That's that was my story. Management. Right. You, you say I contribute nothing to this show, and then I come in with quality content like this. Okay, so are you done? Are you clocking out for the evening? Is that what... I, yeah, no, I'll see you next week, people. <laughs> okay. This has been Shake Them Noves with Chris Novembrino and Jeff Hawkins. Well, no, I got the rest of the wrestling to talk about. Now. Oh, you want to talk about wrestling? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I, I mean, I could talk about I had some good lunches this week. No, starting with oh. the news. Uh, rest in peace to exotic Adrian Street, who passed away at the age of 82. Um, uh, full, full disclosure. I've seen very little of Adrian Street, but what I have seen is mostly from Old Continental and a little bit of Mid-Atlantic. Uh, mostly an exotico type of uh, gimmick. Uh, if If you like your... <laughs> You like your mid to late eighties homophobia? Watch the crowds when Adrian Street is out there. That's that's pretty much the brunt of uh, what I'm going to do here because Dave Meltzer does a far better job with an obituary in this week's Observer. Uh, British wrestler. Uh, there are some very interesting file photos of him going to uh, coal miners in his full regalia because his dad was a coal miner who discouraged him from wrestling. Uh, came to the states and went from territory to territory. Ha- have you seen a lot of exactly Adrian Street or any Adrian Street, as a matter of fact, Chris? I, I have really not. Okay. I, I, and like I was initially going, I was like, no, that's Adrian Adonis. Funny yeah. enough, they took the adorable Adrian Adonis, a lot of that from Adrian Street. <laughs> that's that was my presumption. Uh, yes. yeah, yeah, right. But but I'm not I'm not familiar with him. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, saw an interesting uh, interview from mid-atlantic with him dusty Rhodes, and jimmy valiant and that's a that that's a threesome <laughs> that knows how to party let me tell you that much right now but yeah um he's interesting to watch i i went i i, I the, and of course the stuff i got to see was in the latter part of his career um gets massive heat with the gimmick as you might understand in the south in the 80s uh, <laughs> um wait wait, wait. do they not like uh not heterosexual people in the south well well when you're a heel like is that a thing when when you're a heel uh there are some go-to phrases that that became passe after a while that one may chant we're one to get a time machine in some ways Mm, moving on also rest in peace to paul rubens aka peewee herman somewhat of a wrestling fan as well uh passing away uh from cancer this week um former raw host he did have he he was a fan of theatricality and wrestling he apparently had a very good relationship with of all people rj city who i believe was a children's television performer in in canada for a while uh, prior to breaking into wrestling. So they formed a friendship there, but uh, PB Herman also close to David Arquette. And especially during that uh, 
dur- during the filming of his documentary about winning uh, the title on the Indies uh, is in- in- involved there, I believe as well. But um, you know, most people of course know him from Pee Wee's Playhouse, which was actually a uh, ironic um, homage to uh, children's television from the fifties that was done late night out here in Los Angeles. Uh, Rubens was a member of the groundlings around the same time as, uh, Edie McClurg and Cassandra. I believe her name's Cassandra Lee. She's the woman who created Elvira mistress of the dark. Um, Phil Hartman also. And Phil Hartman was of course on the show, uh, when it came to CBS, uh, also on that first late night show of interest to possibly Chris is, uh, from Tito and Tarantula, the Tito part of that was a guitar was the guitar player for the band during that show, which in one of his first gigs. Um, but yeah, uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, fantastic movie. I had one interaction with Paul Rubens. Um, I was doing this sketch show, and it was a it was a dreadful experience because it was one of those sketch shows where it was two guys who were over the hill wrote it. And this is like their last chance to hopefully be seen by industry or something to that effect. And so there was no interaction involved, you know, with, with, you know, Hey, I can punch this up and make it funnier. I can do this. No, just do it as written type of a thing. But I got a lot of laughs because of acting choices I made, which was shocking to me. And he was in the bar uh, after the show. <laughs> He's just like, you did a good job. I was like, Oh, thanks. I look at, Oh, that was Paul Rubens in like a hat and incognito. But uh that was, that was very nice. Uh, you are of the age where Pee Wee's Playhouse was probably big when you were a child, correct? Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, or were you a little older? Because I mean, I was. Bit, I'm a little bit younger. Uh, okay. Than when that was like big when I was a kid, but I definitely watched Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah, if you watch the HBO one that they taped, I mean, that's definitely an adult show. Uh, that they just and it's it's amazing, yeah, man. Let me ask you this. I remember like the King of Cartoons for sure. Yes. Like, yeah. Uh, you remember L- Lawrence Fishburne as Cowboy Curtis? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and remember like Cherry. Cherry. Uh, yes. The, yeah. Uh, it, it, for sure. And Jombie. Uh, Jombie. Yes. And uh, the screen guy, whatever his name was. <laughs> like, I don't remember all these. Things, I, to be honest I, no. Like. I definitely watched it as a kid. Um, and like Pee Wee Herman's just like definitely a, a character that, you know, felt felt like he had always been there. You know, I was the right age where it's like it, you, you couldn't imagine a world without Pee Wee Herman as a character. He just felt like the, the quintessential child character. Interesting enough, after the incident with the at the movie theater, which I'll ask you about in a moment, but his comeback was only two months after that on MTV and that's that's an amazingly short time when you think about it to be gone and then just go up oh, I got any good jokes and then move on and uh the question was asked in retrospect were we too hard on Pee Wee Herman for getting caught masturbating in an adult movie theater and I tend to think the answer is no because he was a children's entertainer but maybe I'm I'm a little bit too prudish on this whole thing I'm I mean I'm going to say yes, but like a qualified yes. Like the fact that he did get to get back to work is, is, I mean, sort of testimony to like, in a way the punishment wasn't so bad, but like at the same time, 
what an adult wants to do in an adult movie theater, I can't say is something that I give a care about. Okay. Or or can rationalize. Cool. Um, yeah, just just straight up. I mean, I guess I guess the other way I would say it, Hawkins, is everybody crank it, cranks it, and if you're lying about it, you're lying to yourself, and that's the worst kind of lie. Well, thank you, Chris. No, uh, Hawkins, I want you to live in truth. Pee Wee's Big Adventure is a fantastic movie, and it's probably Tim uh, Burton's best, in my opinion. So go out and watch that. On to the wrestling top story. The Elite have re-signed with AEW. Uh, made the announcement in Sports Illustrated on August 2nd. Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and Adam Page all signed multi-year renewals with AEW. Quote, I believe this is Matt Jackson. We're literally the E in AEW. The Elite are the main characters of this company. No matter how different AEW is now from its original inception, we are the DNA. And if you lose the foundation of your home, it eventually collapses. It'd be a lie if I said that that didn't weigh on us when we when making the decision. According to Dave Meltzer, all four were planning on signing in the same place and that there were times when the votes were changed here and there. So uh, AEW showing up its mid card. Congratulations! <laughs> yeah. hold that one. Also re-signing this week the Dark Order and Kip Sabian. Now, uh, yes, my trolling aside, which was it was a joke I made elsewhere as well. That yes, oh look, the Elite. Thank God they solidified the mid card for AEW for a number of years to come. Well, but- they have they have so many more hills to climb. We have not yet reached the peak with any of those three. Four. Four. Um, question is their re-signing more important to the AEW fan base or AEW the company I, I gotta say the fan base I, I agree I, I just don't see it in the ring like that they're they're all very good but would the company drop off the face of the earth without a young bucks tag match no they are not not, yeah i'm not even gonna say i tend to think i'm just gonna say no here here's the weird thing for me and we we said this when aew was formed they have never pushed the elite as a foursome as the top act the driving factor of money in this company they have okay i mean on that first episode of dynamite private party beat the young bucks chris jericho is the first aew singles champion when i believe i was on here saying it had to be either kenny omega or adam page you either do the future or the present page and omega's world title runs were mid at best Kenny's was better because he had Don Callis doing all the talking for him. And he was just kind of being kind of a weird, but it became campy at the same campy time. type of thing. Yes. Adam page never got a good feud until he got in a feud with punk. And that's the one he lost. I mean, the, the only one I can really, really remember is the one with uh murder Hawk uh, monster. And that lasted two weeks. And it was a, you know, it was a, it was a TV feud, but there were no real great promos. Theoretically, cut. that was actually an intriguing one, but they just they rushed it. Quite yeah. frankly, um, 
But if they had signed with WWE, the AEW fan base, the the loyalists, you, you and we know the one the type of people we're talking about, the type of people that are in discords and things like that would have would have turned off AEW. I don't think it would have necessarily been a huge number, but it would have been a significant number. Also, you can just tell from the from the uh, discourse surrounding this Cody Rhodes documentary that they would have been heartbroken. Because I I really don't understand, and I'm going to get into this because I watched the Cody Rhodes American Nightmare documentary. It's not anything that anybody who who hasn't watched anything about Cody doesn't know. Let's put it that way. But there was a certain there was a certain facet of the AEW audience that never liked Cody all that much. Did not really. I mean, he got he got his uh, indie cred and New Japan cred through the Bucks and Omega and joining with the Bullet Club out there. When he left for for but but his segments on AEW got booed by a certain work rate fan. Uh his jumping to WWE became something like he was a traitor to the company that he said he loved. And look, Cody's never going to be honest, but Cody's also never going to spill the tea uh directly per the documentary uh it appears it was a personal matter with brandy and her contract that made him decide to go to wwe but he had always wanted to be with that company but yeah i, I to to bring this back around because i'm gonna talk a little bit more about the documentary in a second um yes it would have been heartbreaking if the elite had gone to wwe but i also think I also don't think that they would be a main roster act, all four of them. I think they would have they would have poached Kenny. They would have put the other three in NXT. Also, I, I want to posit this. I kind of think NXT might have been good for Adam Page. And I'll tell you why. I know we like him in the ring, but his character work stinks. It, it's it's way too emo. It's way too in his feels, and I know that, well, that's his character. He's a millennium emo cowboy. Great. But he really doesn't play it all that hard either. I, I just, it, it's one of those things where, look, I don't I don't wish WWE on anybody, but I can see the good that it could have done some of that. Now, now, the Jacksons, <laughs> the Jacksons were like playing with house money because they are uber, uber wealthy from beginning this company. They don't have to go to WWE to to continue doing what they do. And, you know, they could have been very, very happy doing what they're doing there and and not working a full-time schedule on this side, being low on the card, so to speak, I think. So, but congratulations, AEW. I think I think I think it'll be interesting if they decide from here, and I'll let you speak after this, Chris. I apologize for rambling a bit here. Because I'm trying to get all my thoughts out at once. Uh if they do now decide that the elite is the top act in the company and they push it that way, because this is how it should have been from the beginning. And the numbers have dwindled since the beginning of AEW, just a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit and enough. Uh, your thoughts. I don't think the elite can carry the top of the card. And I think that this is the internal tension of the company in a way. The fans think that they can carry the company. Right, but like what they have created is a witch's brew 
of people who are diehard loyal to this specific micro brand and they are not sufficient enough to make it a macro brand. And yes, that witch's brew of people will um, quietly ebb away 15, 20%, whatever it is. But the, and the more clear and present issue is that Omega, the Bucks, and Paige don't have it. And I know, like, when I say that, like, people are probably already, like, loading up their slingshots at me. But join us in the Voices of Wrestling Discord on hashtag shake them ropes. Yeah, by all means. <laughs> but if the Bucks had it, it would be manifest. Omega's title run and Paige's title run, I think you put it pretty succinctly. Underwhelming both. Uh, Omega's was a pale impression of what he did in New Japan, and Paige's title run is, in my estimations, an underperformance of what I think it could be, and I do attribute a lot of that to bad booking, but like for his part, I didn't think the promos were dazzling either. I didn't think Omega's heel promos were dazzling. As you said, I thought a lot of the work was being done through Don Callis and it resulted in a campy program. And then let's talk about your favorite young bucks storyline. Yeah. It's a short conversation because they don't really do that. They have inconsistent characterization insofar as they have been characterized on this show. And that's by their own architecture. It's been sloppy and inconsistent. They have facilitated Adam Page winning the title at the expense of Kenny Omega um, at the same time when the Dark Order stood by Adam Page. They gave them the cold shoulder coming off like the douchebags to the point where you're rooting for the Dark Order to kick their own ass. These guys aren't good at their own characterization and they have no one to blame for it but themselves. I feel like with all four of them, maybe Adam Page is the slight exception, but definitely. it's slight. Uh, not, definitely, but slight. Yes. We have more or less touched the ceiling with all of these individuals. And so at this juncture, what? how many years into this AEW thing are we? Four I believe years? we are going to be four in October. Four years. That's a lot of sample. Diminishing returns is also what I would say. Paige is the only one of the four with upside. And for the other three... If it ain't there now, when is it going to be? How and, would it manifest? Yeah. What would that look like? I ask you to seriously consider that in your thought experiment. What is the white hot young bucks angle? I'll spare you. It doesn't exist. They just do what they do. What's Kenny Omega's re-up after all of the stuff he's been doing? I'll spare you again. It's going to be more of the same. 
this is the ceiling. We've scraped it. I just don't see it going any higher. Hate me if you will on this. Yeah, and, and you're not saying, oh, they can't do good matches because that's not our point here. No. Our it's, point is whether or not they're going to br- take AEW yeah. to that next level no. of company. They won't. No, and I agree because I think right now their four draws are MJF, Brian Danielson, CM Punk, and John Moxley. I think that's those are the pillars. And insofar... I, and I more or less think that is true with, with, with the young pillars kind of underneath them or whatever. And basically I view the bucks and Omega as sucking up TV time more or less. I, I mean, I see them as having a place in the mid to upper mid card, which I, I imagine people who quantify themselves as the elite would not want to hear and fans of the elite would not want to hear. But when you look at what is doing the most work for this company, it's punk, it's MJF. Um, You're you're right. Like, like it's, it's those guys. To quote, Um, to quote punk, you guys are the heart and soul of AEW. I'm the dollars and cents. And I think that's somewhat true. I, I, I do. Um, Speaking of the Cody Rhodes documentary, Paul Levesque said that Rhodes didn't grow up dreaming of being the champion of a secondary promotion. Oh, boy, did this bring out the social media people. Because how dare you say AEW is secondary, et cetera, et cetera. He didn't say second rate, but, you know, Triple H gonna Triple H. And yet don't have to respond when he does these stupid passive-aggressive things. But yet... Tony Khan and the Orlando Sentinel said, we certainly won't be the secondary promotion at all in. We're number one in the UK on TV and with a record gate. I have a lot of respect for Cody. I know these weren't his words to be fair, but we're not secondary in a lot of markets for the first time in a long time. WWE has been secondary in a lot of markets. I'm proud of where we're at and we're not taking a backseat to anybody. Uh, this man is just a great communicator. Say what you will <laughs> about him. I know. I, you know what? It was just bad lighting on Wednesday night when he delivered that promo about episode 200. If if he'd have been better lit, you would have felt the passion. And once hey, there's he- 200 and the people who made it happen. Oh, uh, no, I felt that was coming from his subcockles of his heart. I mean that was that was that was beautiful. It really was. Of course, Dave, with a little bit of a twinge here, there was a time that AEW was first in many markets in late 2021 and early oh 2022. But that really isn't the case now. As far as the UK goes, AEW does have more television viewers because it's on a station far with far more penetration than TNT Sports, which airs WWE. But they're a up- secondary company by like any measure, like okay. They- Here's yeah. the here's the deal. Pepsi is a secondary company to Coca-Cola. That doesn't mean you don't want to be Pepsi necessarily. Right, but you're not <laughs> Coke. Like, Correct. Stop. Don't be in Coke denial. Yes, do not be in Coke denial. Don't be in Coke denial. Tony might... No. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> let's not go there because I don't want to be sued. Okay. <laughs> Oh, WWE announced its second quarter financial results on August 2nd. 
noting revenue, which would include WrestleMania, totaled four hundred ten million three hundred seventy-four thousand, the largest quarter in the history of the company, with fifty-two million one hundred fourteen thousand in profits, or sixty-seven cents per share. While revenues beat analyst expectations, profits were a bit below expectations, which led to a drop in the share price. But also of interest in the company's filings. On July 17, 2023, federal law enforcement agents executed a search warrant and served a federal grand jury subpoena on Mr. McMahon. No charges have been brought in these investigations. The company has received voluntary and compulsory legal demands for documents, including from federal law enforcement and regulatory agencies, concerning the investigation and related subject matters. Chris, with the news of Vince undergoing major surgery... Are we getting that scene from Casino where the bosses are all wheeled in the court and they say, Your Honor, our clients are are feeble and infirmed. And then eventually they go meet in the back room and to- and Nick Khan and Triple H are getting getting shot in the parking lot. Yeah, I I, I am beginning to have uh I'm having my suspicions about how this whole thing's gonna play out for sure. My speculation, and this is reckless as usual, is that it has to do with tax filings related to the payment from the uh, from the hush money payments. Let's put it that way. I believe there might be some uh, some accounting tricks and the personal versus corporate money and how that is all filed. But don't quote me on that. I don't know that for a fact. Uh, WWE announced a new partnership with Slim Jim and claimed it was the biggest sponsorship deal in the company history with the Battle Royal being the first of a number of custom integrations at WWE major shows. Yes, the Slim Jim SummerSlam Battle Royal, which will and this these uh, integrations will also include the upcoming Survivor Series in Chicago, as well as 2024's Royal Rumble and both nights of WrestleMania. Uh, SummerSlam, by the way, has added the Slim Jim sponsored Battle Royal and subtracted Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus. And the planned Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Rodriguez for the women's world title is up in the air based on the angle on July 31st. I view the cutting of matches as more of a positive while also maintaining, yes, it is unfair to the women's division. Even though they have two women's matches on here, I get it. I get why people are mad at this. But on the other hand, I don't want two-minute matches after, like, a 13-minute intro. I am fine with giving the matches that they feel are important time and saving the other matches for other times. Any thoughts on any of this, Chris? Not particularly, no. Okay. Uh, Aaliyah James, NXT UK uh, prospect, was on TV a few times. Also, Noam Dorr's girlfriend uh, confirmed she was out of the company. New AEW Women's Champion in Hikaru Shida. New NXT Tag Champs after the Great American Bash in uh, Tony D and Stax Lorenzo. Yes, the Italians did, in fact, win the tag team titles. Full. Full? It's a beautiful thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's all I I said. (laughs) Moving on to the Lazy River. That'll do it for our news segment. We got a lot to go through. Starting with Great American Bash, Ice Cold Thoughts. It's a one-match show, pretty much. So go watch Ilya Dragunov and Carmelo Hayes, because that match was awesome, and Ilya Dragunov is awesome. Um, Other notes, uh, Tiffany Stratton and Thea Hale had a bit of a hard time. Um, I don't know if I'm going to like this emo Thea Hale. 
<laughs> pouting Thea Hale, not as cool as crazy Thea Hale. Uh, the rest of the match or the rest of the matches um, were good. They weren't offensive in any way. It's like uh, that that eight person on the pre-show was uh, was something. <laughs> and the heels won metaphor one on that one um chris you didn't get a chance to watch the great american bash did you oh i <laughs> was originally we're not allowed to talk about that That's planning yes. to watch the great american bash and then due to circumstances that were hilarious fun, hilarious i have no like ill feelings or anything about it it was just like like a series <laughs> of like silly events occurred wherein I found myself ever so briefly watching the great American bash and then not anymore. But yes, pretty much a one match show uh, from my point of view going into, again, we are still on the beach of the lazy river. We have a preview because SummerSlam is tomorrow. It might've happened by the time you guys listen to this eight matches announced. We'll go through them now with any predictions, a Slim Jim SummerSlam Battle Royal. 25 men. It's pretty much who you think it is. Tell me why LA Knight's not winning this thing. I mean, I don't... At this point, they need to start setting the table to push LA Knight. And they've been holding off. I think this Battle Royal will be like his launch pad. And then we'll see what the trajectory is for him. But, I mean... Uh, he has to win this. You know, th- this is kind of like, it's beyond uh, when Cesaro was at like p- peak Cesaro levels back in the day. Yes. In an MMA rules match after an awesome set of vignettes, I thought, on Raw. Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler. Um, look, tradition is that when you're leaving the territory, you look up in the lights and you put somebody over. That's never been WWE's way. I think they let Ronda win this thing. Oh, my God. And then they use that to fuel, like, some sort of weird heel turn for Shayna? No. I just think they just put... They plug Shayna into another program somewhere. Hell, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> that's that's the kind of... That's the kind of quality storytelling that makes me a, a <laughs> WWE fan over an AEW fan. And, yeah, and don't, I, I, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Look, but that's also our cynicism talking. Like no, they could, they no, could do the right. They bad. could do. Look, they could do the right thing here and have Shayna win this, and this could propel her into a feud with with somebody. I think that would be gnarly. I think so too, because I really like Shayna Baszler as a wrestler. To be honest with you, I do. I do. No, I. it would be good to finally push Shayna Baszler. I just don't know that they... Get rid of the eye makeup. Right. I, I think Stop the raccoon stuff, okay? <laughs> back to this whole Vince, Chris Benoit thing of he's not attractive enough for the cameras and yes. she's be a victim of that again, too. And I don't... I don't think it is necessary for wrestlers to always be the Grecian version of beautiful. I think that like wrestlers are character actors and like mm-hmm. character actors just need to look the character. It's not about beautiful. Starting off the show uh, will be this match because Logan Paul has a plane to catch to go watch his brother box Nate Diaz. So ricochet versus Logan Paul which I think is going to blow the roof off the dump. Logan Paul cut a hell of a promo, um, I, I think, in closing. 
Um, and I think these two actually look good in in general during the sequence. Like from what I've seen, like yeah, he, he hasn't looked like it is always burned in my mind how bad he was in Lucha Underground when they finally did the Prince Puma Speaks segment. It was, at that point, one of the biggest eggs that the company had laid. And I think he's doing a lot better now at promos uh, nearly 10 years later. I I, was thinking Logan Paul, but you're right. (laughs) Our boy Prince Puma. Um. Look, they had, they did magical stuff at the Rumble. They did great stuff at Money in the Bank. Logan Paul is really good, and Ricochet is still one of the gold standards of aerial wrestling. So I am here for this. And then I hope, I hope Jake Paul gets his butt kicked by Nate Diaz in boxing. I have my doubts, but who knows. For the Intercontinental title, Gunther with Imperium taking on Drew McIntyre. Uh, question. We took the belts off of Gallus. Are they going to be showing up as uh, Drew's backup here? Ooh. As the new reinforcements. If they do, then that means Drew loses. Yes. As reinforcements afterwards. Like backup. I could see that. Uh, I think they keep the Gunther title reign going. But this like, Gunther title reign is fantastic. Oh yeah, it's great. I mean, he's Gunther. He's he's I mean, he's Walter. He's Walter. He's awesome. Yeah. Triple threat match for the WWE Women's Championship. The lovely Oscar oh. defending against Charlotte Flair and Bianca Belair. Chris, I'm not going to ask you who wins this match. I'm going to ask you who comes out as the champion. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Charlotte Flair. I'm going to say EO Sky cashes in. Oh, I see what you're doing here. They've been they've been uh they've been hinting at the Bailey EO issues and that, you know, and EO keeps on wanting to cash in, cash in, cash in. Uh I would say maybe Charlotte wins and then and then EO cashes in. I could see Asuka winning and then EO cashes in. I can't see Bianca winning and then EO cashes in. Going to EO they're gonna pad Charlotte's title reigns. More. Yes, there you go. Because they're trying to, they're actually are trying to get her to her old man's number. So this would count as a title reign for thirty right. seconds, and then right. EO comes in and wins. Yes, no, I think that's that's the way. Yes, no, I think that's the way it goes. Uh, singles match for the World Consolation Championship: Seth freaking Rollins versus Finn Balor. Has there ever been a title? more secondarily prestigious. Uh, I am going to go ahead and say that Finn Balor comes up short in this and that fuels the Judgment Day drama. And Seth freaking Rollins continues to go on. Do we get two cash-ins on one night? Someone cashes in on the freaking? Well, either on the freaking or on the Finn. 
Oh, Finn wins and then Damian Priest cashes in on him. Yes, that's a possibility. Oh. Maybe he wins it and maybe he wins it, but Damian Priest doesn't cash in. I I, yeah, I yeah. And then it's just the threat looming. No. I think that's the better way to do it here. So maybe Finn does win this. I think you've now talked me back into Finn winning. Uh, Frick the Frick. Boy, do I think Seth Rollins is winning this. Because I think they're setting up. I think they're setting up where Priest cashes in on after, Rollins eventually. Finn. Well, okay. Like another thing could be Finn does all the work and then Priest cashes. That's a possibility, too. Singles match. Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. No stipulation. Huh. Okay. Who wins? Cody? Yeah. I think after that beatdown, I think Cody has to win this. Yeah, I I think Cody has to win here. But, like, I, I mean, this program continues to baffle me it's like wrapped in a logic that made sense seven or eight years ago but like doesn't make now yeah roman reigns with paul Heyman and solo sokoa versus jay uso in tribal combat for the undisputed wwe universal championship and also the beads that give him recognition as the tribal chief i will go first on this one the interesting move would have Jey Uso winning Tribal Chief and not being able to handle the leadership of of the bloodline. I don't think that happens. I think something happens between Roman and Solo. And I think because, and I've been teasing this now for a while, I think we debut Zion Quinn somehow as yet a another enforcer in Roman Reigns' bloodline because he has not yet to be seen since the draft. Uh, I believe he is Samoan. He is not related to anybody in this. I don't think. I will look that up while Chris gives his pick. But I am going to pick Roman Reigns to somehow retain in this uh, through something we're, we aren't expecting. And to me, not expecting is that uh, Zion Quinn becomes part of the bloodline. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I actually, I'll build on that, right? Like, Zion Quinn's certainly an intriguing addition, like, as not member of the Bloodline. But, like, Roman brings him in, and Solo has a moment of hesitation during this match when it comes to striking down Jay. He can't yeah. bring to do it, but that's when Zion Quinn comes in. And now you have this like uneasy tension between Solo Sokoa and Zion Quinn, which existed back in NXT too. It'd be like a bit, I don't want to call it a callback, um, but it's something that like at least has some sort of rooting back to their days in NXT and would be, it would be an interesting additional wrinkle here, but like, there's no way Jay wins the title here. Uh, And my joke initially of uh, Jay loses the title, but somehow wins the title or the beads. Like Roman's still the champion, but Jay's the tribal chief now. That'd be interesting too. Like some weird stip where he somehow gets the title. He gets the beads, but not or the he's t- handed the beads by somebody, and you know, so one has the title and one has the beads. Him the beads, but Roman's still the champion. 
that'll do it for our SummerSlam preview. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Now, the rest of the Lazy River, whatever we watched, whatever we're thinking of, classic, uh, yeah, crap on your mind. We can talk about it here. Uh, Chris, go ahead. Uh, you know, Jack Perry as a heel <laughs> isn't really clicking for me. Like the ECW call, but I, I just don't have ECW nostalgia like that anymore. And no. seeing Rob Van Dam this Wednesday was not like hella exciting for me. It was more like, okay, like, dude, I mean, you know, especially when Jerry Lynn's like, he can still go. Van Dam comes out and, I mean, he's still mobile, you know, he's ambulatory. I would, I would never typify him as not ambulatory, but uh, I can't say that I'm eager to see with this iteration of Rob Van Dam, nor am I interested particularly in seeing Jack Perry do a tour of fighting ECW guys. Like this, this just had no intrigue for me at all. And Uh, I can't do a promo. Mm-hmm. And that absolutely nerfs the intrigue here. It was essentially Jerry Lynn who was required to carry the segment, uh, you know, with like, uh, you know, with sympathy and that sort of thing. And then out comes Rob Van Dam and Kilgore's really killer version of Walk. That Kilgore or Pantera? No, the, oh, so that's the Kilgore version. Okay. Yeah, Kilgore uh, is the cover that Rob Van Dam's been using uh, since ECW because they didn't have the licensing rights to the actual Pantera version. Here is my problem, and it's the Jack Perry character. I get that we're kind of towing the uh, line with Hollywood Jack Perry here. Why is he a coward? I understand that some heels should be cowards. I get this. But Jack Perry should not be. Jack Perry should be the young, arrogant, I can kick anybody's ass and then end up getting getting owned by some of these guys when he thinks he's so cocky and so tough that he can beat them up. He beat up Hook, for God's sakes, and now he's using little girls as shields, which I laughed at. Don't get me wrong. I laughed at that, but he's the Miz right now. It's not consistent. He should be cheap shotting Rob Van Dam and then then like realize that like Rob Van Dam's more substantial than just a mere cheap shot. Yes. But instead he's running away and fleeing. Right. And, and I don't I don't feel like the duck and cover thing is really earned at this point. That should be for like a truly formidable baby face who's really seems to have his number. Um these initial opponents he should just be underestimating and then getting his uh, ass handed back to him. I agree. Um, I am going to move. Let me state this. Both Collision and Dynamite were pretty damn good shows this week. Uh, I had a fun time watching AEW shows. I did not watch Rampage. Sorry, but I did watch Collision and I did watch uh, which got its groove back. And I thought Dynamite was a hell of a lot of fun. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Collision for my turn before turning it back over to Chris. FTR and Cole and Page was a great tag team match. Uh, The only thing that rang hollow for me was I don't think MJF being crestfallen over taking the fall was necessarily earned, but I can be talked into it that he did the right thing and he lost 
and that hurt him and that he blew, he blew the tag match by, you know, whatever. I think they should have put over on commentary that only like three guys have beat MJF in the history of this company type of a thing. And then when he loses, or if he had said in a promo, Hey, I'm the world champion. Nobody can beat me because I'm the best. And then he loses. Then it would have been a shock to the system type of thing. But I, you know, I'm, I'm interested now that they haven't turned anybody, what they're going to do with this. If they're going for a while on this, if Roddy's going to end up beating up both of them, I don't know, but uh, we will see. Andrade and Buddy Matthews, these two killed each other in this ladder match for a mask, for a TV show, for a secondary TV show. The thing that was baffling me was, was like, this is a lot of work for a mask. Yeah, it should have been. There needed to be some more emotion in the build for it, where uh, where it's like, you know. Andrade wants to kill Buddy Matthews for this. I thought Julia Hart did a pretty good job. Uh, not sure she was acting when she was trembling on the top of that ladder before she took that last bump, but uh, these everybody bumped their ass off and really. They, oh, go ahead. No, I, I'm with you. I, I just thought that Julia Hart, for her part, uh, definitely contributed to the uh, the match i i just thought that the stakes and the storytelling weren't quite there for me yeah the the thing that killed me was when andrade throws the key to the handcuffs in the crowd you they do the wide shot you see nigel literally standing up and waving saying bring it back <laughs> nigel was on one all night during this show and then even like uh if you had told me that, okay, Darby Allen's going to have a match on collision and, uh, and, and we're not going to plug the fact that it's going to be Minoru friggin' Suzuki. I, I adore, I, look, I love old man Suzuki. His matches are mostly the same, but it's like a really good three minute pop song. It's still good. Every time you listen to it, I, I, th- this collision was, was fantastic to me. Uh, Chris, your turn or any comments on anything. I know. Uh, I mean, I, I, th- I thought it was pretty good. Um, we had more of my boy gravity, which is always nice. <laughs> well, we had, Col- we had uh, Mercedes Martinez too, which is nice. No. And I, I thought Mercedes Martinez, you know, like looks sharp, like in her, in her uh, role here against Kira Hogan. Yeah. Uh, uh, an enjoyable two hour show for me. Oh, uh, what did you think of the punk promo? Uh, some people didn't like it and I was fine with it. Mostly. Um, I, I get, uh, people with an anti-punk disposition probably didn't like it for, for certain reasons. Um, I get the Hogan parallels, but, uh, you know, I, I, I thought a lot, some of the weakness here was actually Ricky Starks, but, uh, what did you think? This is this is the promo where he's like he actually reveals what's in the bag and he's like I'm the real world champion right Yes Okay man the, like six days ago feels like a long time I was yes. just talking about the right thing I think that this was an inevitable moment in where AEW is heading but damn if it isn't incoherent with what's going on on the other show with MJF and like, you know, I'm like the ultimate friend. It's like, are we like double turning MJF and CM Punk simultaneously? We're like 
MJF is the good guy scumbag and Punk is like the bad guy. With a point. With a point. (laughs) I mean, that's interesting, certainly. And MJF didn't have anything to say on the same show. That was also a little bit incongruent. I thought so too, right? I, I mean, that that's a big beat missed, right? Your guy whose defining characteristic is like he's not just the world champion, but he like reinvented the world championship in his image has nothing to say about CM Punk saying that this is the real belt. Right. Okay. Your cool. turn, sir. Uh yeah, no, I, I I'm with you on this. I thought it was strange. Um, let us, let me get it up here. Let us talk about the NXT. Oh, because you watched it twice. We might as well. Know that I've done a bit of a deep analysis on. Now, here, here's what uh, Marxist literature will tell you about when, when you can deconstruct the text. I don't actually have anything to go off of that. I just thought I would lead into this with that. Um, a Dragon Lee and Rey Mysterio combined still do not have the charisma of Dominic Mysterio. Like the Dominic Rhea Ripley pairing is, is really dynamic in these luchadors who come out and wrestle with their lines before their opponent uh, do nothing really to add to the Dominic Mysterio uh, oeuvre. And Dominic Mysterio can't add anything to them because, like, his best asset is talking trash to these guys. Rey Mysterio is a remarkably bad actor. I just... <laughs> and he tries, but my God, they've never... No company has ever been able to find a, a use for him in any way. <laughs> Being be he being a filthy animal, <laughs> I mean, we, we said before when we were doing a was it Mysterio Science Theater three thousand, um, that Dumb. that that you they are, acted like it was the first time they had met each other every time they had a vignette. Eve, that you are also my son, but you have betrayed me. And next week <laughs> in NXT, where I will be. I will be by the side of Dragon Lee and my <laughs> son, who you are. Get ready, because I will be there. All right, I'm 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 getting away from. <laughs> uh, I'm going back to Dynamite, and how awesome was the Swerve Ar Fox visit the? Uh, uh, oh, why uh, Buddy Wayne Academy? Oh my goodness, this was this is a throwback to. The horseman beating up Dusty at the Techwood Drive Studios. You want to go a little bit more recent, uh, and something from Chris's wheelhouse. Uh, Arn Anderson beating up Eric w- or Eric Watts beating up Arn Anderson at a gas station. Uh, <laughs> when is the next high wattage? By the way, Chris. Um. It, it could happen. It can happen. Uh, yeah. Stay tuned to the Patreon that nobody pays for. Uh, like, <laughs> um, like, why? Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. we. It could happen. I um, loved this. I thought this was fantastic. This, even in the preamble, where this, this is the best Nana has been 
in a while where he said we, we paid in blood and things like that. He was creepy. AR Fox was creepy. And then they come in there and Nick Wayne gushes a lot of blood. He sacrificed a lot of blood. I love that the story was all based on you didn't call AR Fox and then he tries to call somebody and they call Darby. Kind of hoping they'd call Brian Alvarez, but hey, that's my own fandom. Um, the beginning was in the end. It was it was nice. It was a nice, realistic, old school type of vignette. And now there's going to be some hate behind. Now I want I want either Nick Wayne or Darby to have the Arn Anderson spitting angry promo, where he no exposition really, just how he feels and how he wants to kill somebody. That's all I want here. This is a reminder to everybody that when you ghost someone, (laughs) they might come back five years later as your arch nemesis. And you have every reason to accept that as, as a default condition. So always call your friends. And if you don't call your friends, you deserve to get beat up. I have a skateboard (laughs) thrown through your window, get hit with a picture frame. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, Chris. But no, I thought this was fantastic. It was a good week of vignettes between the Shane Ronda and then this Swerve AR Fox deal. I loved both of those. Uh, back on NXT, which <laughs> I twice. Uh, I won't lie. The second time around, I enjoyed Lola Vice. Uh, I, I, she is, she is intense. I, I, I will grant that. Like the offense is not perfect or whatever, but like. Some people come in there and they really feel like they're doing it with kid gloves. And I kind of enjoyed that. Like Lola Vice really does seem like she's like going at it. Lola Vice has, uh, she was signed from Bellator, I believe, um, by WWE. Her name's uh, Valerie Lareda. Big time signing by them. She's only been in the Performance Center, I would say top six months. I want to say three, but don't quote me on that. Uh, she has not been long for this, and uh, I agree. Um, th- her asset is that she looks like she knows how to fight, and I think that is a welcome thing in women's wrestling. I do too. I feel like so often they've been like getting gymnasts and trying to make them fighters, yes, other than getting fighters and teaching them some basic gymnastics. Yeah, the tryout in Detroit is mostly gymnasts. Uh, this week, they're not even bringing in wrestlers anymore. They're bringing in college athletes who have done either track and field or gymnastics. And yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Uh, I am going to go back to dynamite. I have one of two things I can talk about. Let's pick this one. Oh my goodness. It was, you know, what was, what warmed my heart this week, Chris, is that after the elite signed these contracts, they have a chance to get in there with some real stars like Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, and Satnam Singh. This was ridiculous, and I loved every second of it. Kenny and Jeff Jarrett. Kenny looked like he was having the time of his life in the beginning there with Jeff. I I kid you not. I know if you're a Kenny fan, there's a lot of people, especially in Fightful, for some reason, the Fightful neighborhood has a lot of Jeff Jarrett haters. And I don't understand this because Jeff Jarrett is awesome. I love the solution that the Bucks came up with to getting Satnam Singh down. Um, And this was just pure, carny, southern BS. And I loved every moment of it. You? 
I think this is exactly what the Bucks and Omega's utility is, which is exactly why I don't see them as the upper card. I see them as perfect foils for your Jarrett's, Jay Lethal's, and Sotnam Sings. And I respect and appreciate Jarrett and Lethal and Sing all in their own aspects and don't think any of them need to be in the upper card. Boy, you know, the elite having to do seven on one with the Hardys and then Adam page. And of course, Brendan, that this, this look, I, I appreciate you all who are elite fans, but you know, this kind of, uh, it's kind of cheating. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's unworthy. Of a group as that you say as good as the elite. Yeah, but they're <laughs> friends. We we know this. <laughs> good how they did the Dark Order boys. Go ahead. Um, it, back on the main <laughs> show here. T. Our boy Carmelo Hayes split yeah. Trick Williams this week. Did you know this, Jeff? Uh, Trick Williams split with him, and I kind of dug the promo. I thought so too. I, I thought it was actually written in a way that clearly had some input from Trick and Mello and got the verbiage right and worked. I thought it was good. Um, I, I, I actually don't think you need to turn Trick Williams' heel on Mello. Oh, I think they're going to anyways. Oh, you think they're going to? Oh, yeah. Okay. Think, but I you, like that they didn't do it instantly where it's like, you know, where there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's just, hey, I need to go my separate ways. I kind of like that. Haven't seen any of that any of that since uh Rybaxel. <laughs> no, I know, and that was that was one for the ages right yeah. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get together and uh do the job or whatever. <laughs> I forget what the last line was. That was a great line though. Um like get together and lose matches again, something like that. But like uh when I mean, I could see Trick Williams going out and trying to win the uh, whatever the mid-card title's name is. I don't remember the the Dominic Mysterio title. North American title. American title. Um, and losing and then coming back around trying to fight Melo. Okay. I, I can see that. Sure. I will jettison back to Dynamite. My apologies to uh, Trent Beretta. I have many a week said that the best friends do nothing for me. That still rings true, mostly. But I have mostly uh, focused my ire on Trent Beretta, who, while a good worker, does nothing for me in terms of personality. Sometimes his look looked like he was the Young Buck's dad. My man killed himself for my pleasure this week, and... This three-way, which made no logical sense after doing the three-way tag match. It felt like it was really out of nowhere. This thing was, <laughs> was this was the equivalent of eating butter by the stick. It was too much for me at times because it started with Moxley going under the ring and getting the gimmicked barbed wire slash not all that gimmicked barbed wire and escalated from there. 
Trent took a uh, was a code red through a couple tables. He took another move. They were thumbtacking the hell out of everybody. Penta decides he's going to come in and not be sports entertainment Penta this week, which was a very, very lovely surprise for me because I'm also all over Penta at times as being very lazy. These guys, for no stakes and to set up a parking lot brawl between the best friends and the Blackpool Combat Club, killed each other for no reason, and I loved it. Yeah, I have nothing to add other than it's kind of like you loved this show. And for me, I was watching it and thought the work was good, but I was like, and and I reason- I liked this show a lot. I didn't say I loved it, but it, this the show had asked, some logical problems. <laughs> I, I reasonably asked myself on a regular basis, you know, did I miss something from last week? And I feel like I didn't really miss something from last week. It's just we had like these high stakes matches kind of out of nowhere, and then at the finish of this match, when they're like, "Well, I guess this settled nothing," I was like, "Well, Jesus." <laughs> That everything. No, you're you're correct on that. And 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 to say that the there were some high stakes matches in here, yes. But on the other hand, here's a, here's a negative for you. Why did we have Aussie Open versus Commander and El Hijo de Vikingo for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Titles on this on this show? When, and especially with the booking as it is, Commander and and Vikingo have been all over Dynamite. Aussie Open have been on once, I think, as partners for Will Ospreay. They are over in Ring of Honor Purgatory as the tag champs. They are not the big stars that everybody thinks is. And this crowd, to me, thought that Commander and Vikingo were going to win this because those have been the guys they've been push or they've been showing on AEW television. Am I wrong in thinking that? I mean, that that would have been the point of having these guys on to win this. I would have had them win this match, especially if you had them jobbing out on Dynamite. Uh, what What is the kingdom doing for you? The kingdom? Uh, not the kingdom. Uh, the kingdom? Aussie Open. Oh, Aussie Open? Um, to that, me, tells, that tells to, you where I'm at with the kingdom. With yeah, the, I don't know. The kingdom were the ones hanging with Roddy. Um but, yeah, no, right, 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 right. Yes. Uh, Aussie Open to me are is that team that you know they have they they had a great match with FTR in the UK. Don't get me wrong, I, I watched that show. It was very very good. But absent characterization, but they have no characterization on TV. They are that they are a group where some guy in the crowd, oh, I, these guys are awesome, and they tell everybody that, and so everybody else is going to think they're awesome. That is what they are right now. Right, no, it's it it's more like it. They're they're very good to the point where someone can be like, these guys are awesome, and no one could dispute that. You you wouldn't watch an Aussie Open match and be like, no, these guys are actually trash wrestlers. They're not any good at all. Why would this guy say this? No, of course you're gonna be like, no, these guys are clearly good. But it, um, I as I said it before, I'll say it again. American wrestling is about characterization. If you don't have a strong character, yes. Work just hits an immediate ceiling. Their character is a good wrestlers, Chris. 
Or is you? I hate that. I hate no because you understand that I don't need the hook like Vince does, but I do need. Hey, who are you? Why are you here? What do you want? What is your purpose? Who do you want to beat up? That's what I want out of a promo out of these guys, and I didn't get it. And they haven't been on this television. They've been on Rampage a few times, but who cares? Except further, I want a fighting dump truck guy, but you know that's just. <laughs> you want a oh, you want Duke the Dumpster Drozzy? Yeah, I want him back. Bring him back. Where's Duke? Uh, do you have anything else over in NXT world you'd like to talk about? No, uh, back on the main show here in NXT. Uh, no, I don't. I, I let me see if I do. Um, no, I skipped the Baron. I, I can't watch Baron Corbin. I'm just over the guy. And the Creep Brothers taught the schism stunk too. Um, yeah, I've seen that done so much better. Like the James when the James boys got unmasked by the Midnight Express, and it was Sam Houston and I believe Tony Zane was the other guy, and it wasn't Dusty and Magnum. It was done so much better than the Creeds. Hey, we're on vacation. Look at us. As opposed to the Creeds coming out and saying, hey, we're not, we're, <laughs> we've been backstage this entire time. What do you want? Type of a thing. Uh, I do like Andre Chase, though, still. I do. He's such a great character. Do. Um, the other thing, though, if you're going to bring back Santos Escobar, <laughs> they- <laughs> You have to do a lot more work with D'Angelo and Santos. Yes, they hated each other. They hated each other. Like, I have a favor to call in is not actually the way you would typify the dynamic between Santos Escobar and Tony D'Angelo. I'm going, I'll I'll end mine with uh, back on SmackDown. This is from tonight's SmackDown. We're recording a little later than usual. Uh, I think I may have said it up top, but uh, Bailey and Shotzi, I'm here for this. It is utterly ridiculous. I look, I would much rather Bailey be a champion right now, but if she's not, mid card goof heel is perfect for her. She had such great comedic timing with the swerve. With basically, what happens is okay. Uh, Grayson Waller brings out Eo and Bailey and there's there's an awesome moment where Bailey basically has to help EO up into the high chair to like a mom which is great but Grayson Waller's basically pranked uh Bailey and EO to come out here uh Zelina Vega's in the tank Shotzi's tank comes out and then of course uh Shotzi with her newly shorn hair which is a hell of a look for her Needs to dye it green, but it's a hell of a look for her. And she looks great doing it. She did for her mom who has cancer, I believe. And Bailey's just like, she's. you can see her mouthing, please don't let Shotzi be behind me. Please don't let Shotzi be behind me. Shotzi's bringing out hair clippers. So I think Aunt Pam is getting a haircut. Mm. But Aunt Pam is fantastic. I love her. She's great. We're going to miss her when she's gone. She's not doing what I want right now. She misses her friends. But if this is the choice that we're going to have with her and EO, uh, you know, having some uh, issues before EO clocks in and then eventually get that gets EO to a babyface role, I'm fine with it. But that's all I have for this week, Chris. I, I think that's basically all I got for this week, too, man. So we will end it there. Enjoy, if you do Super China Buffet Day, um, your SummerSlam on tomorrow. Uh, I am Jeff Hawkins. You can follow me on Twitter, on X, <laughs> at Crap Game 13. You can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. I'm also part of the Fight Game 
media network patreon.com slash fight game media for five bucks you can hear myself and paul fontaine do the dynamite show hot takes now going live on video as well about 10 minutes after the show ends uh, uh once again patreon.com slash fight game media you can follow chris on instagram at d-o-c-t-o-r underscore n-o-v where can they find you in the albuquerque area um, so I'll be playing. I won't be on X. You remember no, when I? No, I won't. Be, no, no. You'll uh, be on Threads and Blue Sky and Mastodon. Oh no! Remember when, like several months ago, I was like, I'm quitting Twitter because Elon Musk is going to run this thing into the ground, and then he renamed the company X. That happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's it's very cool. I still uh, enjoy it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> X yourself. You know, uh, express yourself. Just get your plugs in. Okay, so I'm going to be at Mama and the Girls Dispensary tomorrow playing some of my favorite songs and ruining them from the 5 o'clock to 6 p.m. hour. If you stay later, burlesque show. Not me. Not involved. But burlesque show after me playing at Mama and the Girls Dispensary. My, so- my hope is that the guy from today shows up to your show. There's a marijuana pinata. I am not going to let tomorrow be ruined by today, oh, Jeffrey. Okay. Guitar lessons? Oh, yeah, you should get those, too. Uh, hit me up <laughs> on Instagram. Instagram.com slash doctor underscore N-O-V. That's N-O-V. Nov. We'll try to do better next week. No, we won't. You're bad. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Music. It's not just part of our daily lives. It's part of our wrestling fandom as well, and it has been for decades. That's where this show comes in. Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling, hosted by Andrew Rich. Hey, that's me. Each episode delivers a different topic with a variety of great guests, fun conversations, musical analysis, and of course, a heartfelt pun or two. New episodes drop every other Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice. Check out Music of the Mat only on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.